How's it going, everybody? This is the Green and Black Podcast from Kaleo Sports. I am Tanner Hayworth, joined by my always great, always awesome, effervescent co-host and sports editor, Reese Nagaoka. Reese, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I love the adjectives or the superlatives or whatever you would call them. Yeah, I, get, I uh, try to pull them up from the same thesaurus that Stephen A. Smith tries to use. So. <laughs> Do you, you just don't directly quote them anymore, or is that... I When I can, there hasn't been a lot of uh, material as of late, but, you know, I do what I gotta do. I react how I react, and, you know, I think there's a lot of great stuff from this weekend that we can react to from Hawaii Athletics and, you know, from the Green and Black. We originally started out as only a football podcast, so might as well kick it off with our loss to San Diego State last week. Now, this is, from what I got to say, a very different vibe from the loss to New Mexico State that we had uh, a game prior where Hawaii does lose 16-14 uh, to 14 to the San Diego State Aztecs, us dropping to 1-5 and 0-1 and in conference. But, I mean, after that loss... The just the vibe I think from the fan base from the team, kind of struck more positive than negative, I would say than any other loss this season. It was it was positive, but at the same time you kind of felt like there's a little bit of disappointment, you know, because right. they they were up they were up what about a minute nineteen or something left. Yes. Up? Yeah, and but I mean it was it was great improvement. I think a lot of like you said, I think there was more positives, but it was one of those things where it's like we could have had this. Maybe we should have. Who knows? I mean, yeah, you know, like we always say, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. You know, maybe you don't do the pooch kick, directional kick away from Bird, one of the best returners in the Mountain West Conference. Maybe you kick it out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you then people say, well, maybe Diedrich Parson should have downed himself before scoring a touchdown, to which I then say, have you watched football this season? It's... Have you watched us struggle to score from the goal line this it's, season it's one thing when you're down by like two or like maybe like one or two points but you they were what down they were down about six right they're down six so yeah. you got to get the touchdown you can't like dilly dally and take your time exactly so i think there's a lot that you can say well if they did this well if we did our lives if we looked at our lives through hindsight there's a lot that we can criticize mm-hmm. i think we focus on what happened both Sheffield and Timmy Chang, they both, you know, took blame for that uh, for the uh, pooch kick that did go out of bounds because it was not the right call. A lot of people will say, well, just kick it out of the end zone. It happens. But I think the heartbreak that we felt from this loss, I think a lot of people can agree that not a lot of people would have expected a close loss like this, especially to a San Diego State team that was top top was it number 33 before this in terms of rushing they're, offenses? they're about 33 i believe but i mean and they averaged what 195 a game something like something, that something around that it, and it they was, held the team to only 95 yards rushing yeah which was you know first off i don't think any of us i don't think neither of us expected uh it to be that as close as it was and you man the defense just got they started off really great especially right. against that run and i mean they held their own. They got the job done. It was just a matter of, like, two really good defenses just starting to... Um... And then in the second half, both offenses decided, oh, yeah, that's right, we can play football. <laughs> yeah. As both both teams just rattle off quick touchdowns. And sure, the score doesn't look like a big, oh, the offense decided the game. But in the end, Jalen Maiden, the former safety and former Mississippi State quarterback, came in and did what he had to do. I mean, I think Timmy said it very well himself that they put they put the game their game plan was have Jalen Maiden beat us. And he did a really great job. And especially when you look at that final drive of the game where he just basically threw for first down after first down after first down with perfect placements here and there. I think, you know, as much as we want to criticize, oh, well, he was only a safety for this season. He played quarterback. He was a four-star quarterback, he was right? A four, yeah, and he also played quarterback last season in the Mountain West champ in the Mountain West Championship game for a little bit. For I think at the back end of the game for San Diego State. So I will say, 
huge shout-out to Maiden. We have his stats up here, 24 for 36, 322 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown, by the way, I will say, I don't think I'd put it on him. That's all on Bird. That was a heck of a catch. Who The ball was way behind him on a perfect play on a uh, miscommunication by our defense, and he was just wide open in the – in the end zone. So I think there's a lot that you can still look at this game and criticize. You look at those small miscommunications that did happen where they left bird wide open. They had a bunch of big plays here and there by both Jesse Matthews and Tyrell Shavers, but there's a lot that we can still highlight. I think the two sacks that we saw another sack for John Tuitupo, as well as a group sack that was eventually credited towards Tariq Jones. So that was awesome to see from them. I think Andrew Choi in his first start did pretty well. I think he did better than I thought he was going to do <laughs> personally. And not to like be mean to Andrew Choi, but yet when you hear, you know, fifth year walk on first start, you're like, okay. Well, cause he made that big, hi- I, I didn't really get to catch the game, but he made that big highlight play, right? It was about the, I think it was a jet sweep or something. Yeah, right? it was on a jet sweep where he did uh, track it down before it crossed the line of scrimmage. So he did a great job. Um, Pene Pavihi and Isaiah Tufanga both had really great plays getting big TFLs. I mean, this defense had the best game of the season. And even past that, there were still some plays where you're like, oh, if Mekki Pay just picked that ball off, that could have been a huge thing. And you saw Mekki's, like, huge frustration as he's just basically just slamming the ground out of pure frustration. This team, I think, showed that game that they have what it takes to put themselves in a winning situation. And when you look at the other side of the ball, it was a rough first half for the Hawaii offense. But eventually, by the second half, they pulled through. And we got something that I did not expect to see for a long time. A 60-plus yard touchdown. (laughs) It was a great ball, a great route, an awesome welcome back to Zion Bowens, who just outran the defense and was just waiting for that ball from Braden. And that play just was like euphoria at that moment. It's like (laughs) 10-7. to Hey, we still got a chance in this game. Yeah, I mean, well, hats off to Zion Bowens. You know, I think that not only was that this that is the longest passing play of the season. I believe it was sixty six yards from right. Braden Shager to the to Bowens, and you know, I think Shager was what about eight for ten in in the big start to game off. He was then he just struggled. I think it was about two for ten or something. Yeah, and, and then he got it back together in that second half. I mean, ten was I think it was ten for fourteen, and then. You know, the offense kind of stalled. They really only had the two scoring drives, but right. they scored but when they had... But this is still a good San Diego State defense. That is true, and they scored when they needed to. Right. Like, when... I don't know what... what was with Tylen Hines? It was like a 27-yard run, that final... Right. Well, the, that was off of the uh, missed field goal yeah. in the last couple of minutes of the game where we saw the offense go out there. We now hear from the sideline, Braden Shager on the sideline, pulls the offense together, looks at them all, is like, hey, we got to get this score here. And he pulls the team together, breaks off. We get Tylen Hines gets two big runs. I can't remember what the first run run, what the first run was, but the second one was that 27-yard rush. And then after that, then you get the 22-yard rushing touchdown where Diedrich Parsons is just running through guys. I think then you get the score at 1 minute 19, <laughs> That it all basically went from there. <laughs> but that was the most excited I had been for Hawaii football in a very long time. I think we got to give credit. I mean, obviously, we gave credit to Tylen Hines for that 27-yard run. You know, right. Kuali Nishigai had, a, like, 11-yard catch on yeah. that, too. But there was that, that one run before Parsons touchdown by Tylen Hines. Yes. the Like, the longest three yards ever. <laughs> I, that could have changed the momentum of the game very, very much so. And yeah. the fact that he was able to gain yardage, you know, I don't know if he kind of keeps the momentum going, but he doesn't. He doesn't flip it against towards San Diego State, and you know that I felt like that was a and like that's the Tylen Hines that I've been waiting to see. That's it's the Tylen Hines we saw for that one play against Michigan with that big rushing touchdown. It's the hype that I've been watching all these training videos from the offseason. I'm like, this dude is gonna be him. It's it's what we've been seeing in practice, and it's just yeah. like 
we need to see this in game, and we saw it this week, which was really fun. And a big credit to the offensive line. Yeah. The last two weeks, the offensive line has played very well. And shout out to Il Manning, who got featured on the Joe Moore Award <laughs> Twitter for the best pancakes of the week, where he just took someone for like a 10-yard ride on a run block, where he's just by himself, and he's just driving him, driving him, driving him, driving him. It, I think Il Manning the last two weeks has had Probably the best two weeks of his career. He's, he's taken the biggest strikes, especially after like that Western Kentucky game where yeah. it was just it was bad. And you know you got Sergio Musial filling in for Aliki um, Tanavasa, you know stepping in at center, and I think and like Bernal went, he had that false start and the holding right after yeah. each other. I will also say that's it wasn't a holding call. It's very borderline based on how how it looks. I can see why the ref thought it was holding. I don't think it was a holding call, but that holding call did, you know, eventually lead to the Zion Bowens touchdown. So maybe it had to happen. Maybe you, you maybe maybe Zebo just asked uh, Stefan for a little bit of extra room. Get that for... had those stats. But <laughs> I think the other thing too is they didn't have. I don't think San Diego State had a sack. I mean, you you, no. you can credit Braden Shake a little bit, you know, obviously. And would have been would have had zero turnovers, but obviously they were trying to do a little bit of, you know, late game magic as time expired yeah, off the clock. Yeah, so it's but... like. It, they kept the ball secure. I mean, you had Matthew Shipley, like, booming punts. He had his career long, I think, in the first quarter. Yeah, 59-yarder. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it kind of just felt like this was just a a very inexperienced team. It, it's hard to say that when you have guys right. like Blessman, Michael Vanterpool, who have been here for, like, five or six Ten years. years. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it, for the most part, it's, it's, it's an inexperienced team that doesn't have a lot of playing time. And the fact that I think that's just, it just showed, not in a bad way, but, like, it was just like they need to know how to close out games, I guess, a little more. And you know, I think when Timmy Chang was talking to reporters this week, they he said they watched that final what seventy nine seconds of game film and how it could have changed. And you know, he he admits there was stuff he could have changed. I mean, right. you got the timeout that's a catch twenty two on the field goal attempt. I mean, it's just luck of the draw, I guess. Yeah. And you know, when you look ahead to Saturday night's game against Nevada. Remember, if you're going, it is a wideout. We will be wearing what I think right now for the Adidas uniforms is the best iteration. With the if we're going white helmet, white white uniform, white pants. I don't. I hope we're going white helmet. I, if we're going I haven't heard. We might do white helmets because we did it last year. The thing is, though, you got to turn it around quickly for practice helmets because it's probably just going to be your practice helmets, right? Yeah. So the equipment managers have to turn it around. I think they can. They're really good at what they goats. do. They're the goats. Yes. Shout out equipment manager um, for Algonosa and Suds. Yeah. Uh, Shout out. And um, we're gonna get nameplates for the first home games. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big pro of the white uniforms. You do get the nameplates. But so looking ahead to Saturday night's game, we are gonna see the Nevada Wolfpack, Timmy Chang's old team. You could also say. Matt Chan's old team, Thomas, uh, Thomas she- Sheffield's old team, Jimbo Davis, Jimbo Davis's old team, Silas uh, Clapham's old team. I think Cade, Cade too, right? Yeah, Cade as well. I mean, I think there's a lot of familiarity when it comes to the staff, especially with Timmy. He's been talking about it a lot where, you know, sure, a lot of them did leave to Colorado State or <laughs> other places, but there's still a lot of this team, you know, like the leaders that did stay behind, like Toatawa, Devonta Lee, uh, Dom Peterson. These are guys that have been in this Nevada program for a long while. And Timmy was there for five years, so he knows these guys. Like he said, he's sat in their living rooms. He's had dinner with them. He's watched these kids grow up. So I think it's going to be a lot a lot of fun just to see the interactions between these teams. I think it's going to be very different from the one Nevada had with Colorado State <laughs> last week. I think it'll be basically uh, polar opposites. If you uh, if you didn't know, <laughs> Jay Norvell, former head coach of Nevada, uh, there's a lot of rumors going out about him. You know, telling Nevada players basically to transfer out of the program. And follow him or go to other programs. So Ken Wilson and a lot of the guys that are at Nevada definitely had a lot of bad blood towards Norvell. <laughs> but hopefully it's not like that when they come down. Also, from what I heard, they're coming down on Friday. Are they? Yeah. That's a... That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not, but it is certainly a decision to make. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a bad decision. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do it. But I also don't know if that's, you know, necessarily correct information. I mean, if it is, it's 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 kind of a business trip mentality, isn't it? You get in, get out as right. soon as you can and hopefully there's not bad blood between Ken Wilson and Timmy Chang. Like I can't <laughs> I don't think there's that. I can't because ima- their times didn't overlap, no. right? So, but I mean, I don't think Timmy Timmy's been He's said a lot of great things and Timmy's nice things. He's a very about, nice guy. He said a lot of nice things about Nevada. You know, it's like he loves the guys. Right. He still loves the guys there. But I the, mean, he had a big effect on the Nevada community. Yeah. You know, he put himself in there. I mean, he had two kids that were born there. I mean, I'm just going off stories for now from <laughs> what I heard from Timmy and other people. Uh, Josh Pacheco on ESPN Honolulu was talking with the play-by-play voice for Nevada, John Ramey. And John had a couple of really great points about Timmy and how great of a person he was. And I think when they ended off the interview, he just shouted out Timmy Chang and he said, he is, he is, he's the goat as a coach and as a person. So I think that says a lot about Timmy Chang, about wherever he goes. Honestly, I'd be surprised. Uh, you know, local boy, St. Louis, <laughs> out there with the community. Yeah. You, I mean, you can always count on that, especially after they've graduated. I, it kind of says a lot. I mean, we're getting a little off topic, but I think it just says a lot about his his person because yeah, I I don't remember Todd Graham ever doing anything about a universe going to university events and, you know, because he, he he cares like he I I can't remember what it was it was it was like some event here at UH how promoting like high school teachers I right. guess because his his dad was an educator right or something right and he he was just like it's it's important to him it's important for him to do all these types of things, you know, go talk to classes, show up to these events. And, you know, I think it just, it just says a lot about who he is. Yeah. He doesn't have to be lured out with Dr. Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, as we get away from the personal connections, I think there's a lot of things to be looking out for. We already mentioned three guys that I'm already looking out for. The running back duo of Toatawa and Devontae Lee. If you are a Mountain West familiar, you know these two names. Even though the last couple of years, I believe the last three years were two and one against Nevada, because we blew them out with Rolovich a couple years ago in Nevada. Then in 2020, we beat them with Todd Graham when they came into the empty Aloha Stadium. They were undefeated at that point? At that point, they were undefeated, and that was more of a defensive win. I remember that. And then last year was Brandon Shager's first ever uh, career start, and that was where he threw four interceptions in that. uh, No, first start. Because that was the day. That was the week after the Fresno State game. No, because he started Fresno, right? He's, no. No, he started Fresno. <laughs> that was like his first. Like we knew he was starting. Oh, okay. I'll say that. Yeah, because it's just like, it's just one of those when you, when you look at you know how you like you cherry pick stats. So like, <laughs> Brandon Shager is the only quarterback since like nineteen UH quarterback since like nineteen eighty to win his starting debut against a top twenty five team, right. and it's like. Forgot about that. Yeah, and then you know that. that to be fair, we we don't know what's happening ever. Yeah, because college football loves to do that. <laughs> uh, what's it called? That's really great for people that are listening. They don't see my eye roll there. <laughs> but like I said, Tawatawa Devonte Lee, these are guys that you're gonna be looking out for. What now? He doesn't have you know a hundred yards a game, but Tawatawa out there with seven touchdowns on four hundred and thirty yards. Devonte Lee four touchdowns himself with 210 on the ground as well so i think that's something to focus on but the one thing we're going to be very scared about is this defense because look at looking at their record you probably wouldn't expect this nevada defense to be sixth in the nation in takeaways with 14 of them and one guy that's and the guy that's leading them right now is bentley sanders the safety not only does he have five interceptions he also has 39 tackles and two forced fumbles. So when you're looking out at this team, one guy who you want to be focusing on is him. And we don't have the stats up for him, but I do know that he is a beast of a person in Dom Peterson. I think he's always been one of those guys to focus on when you're thinking about interior defensive linemen in the Mountain West. He's definitely should be seen as one of the best. And hopefully our interior linemen are, you know, going to be trained up to go go up against this guy, especially if we don't even know if um, Aliki Tanovasa is going to be playing or not. It's 
one of those things where he'd probably be like he might play. I mean, who, right. who knows? Because he he was practicing, I believe. Uh, I can't remember. I mean, I was out there and I still don't remember. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big step up for them. I mean, especially if he's, you said he's nose tackle, right? So it's probably going to be on Vanterpool and yeah. whoever's at center, whether it's Sergio or Aliki, and then you got Stefan right there as well. So I mean, I, that's a that's a big thing for this interior offensive line to find figure out. And I think when you were going against this team, I think a lot of people are going to be focusing on our offense because now we hear that Braden Shager has been given the keys to the car, according to Steven Sy at least. Uh, Timmy is out there while he's not calling the plays. It is official. Timmy is still not calling the plays. He said it himself last night. Ian Shoemaker is calling the plays for all of the people out there that want to be spreading rumors. But um, I think with Timmy down there, and not only knowing that Braden Shager is starting quarterback, now that he's been given the keys to this offense, I think that's good for Timmy because now he can focus on one quarterback. <laughs> like I think he Braden had a couple of plays last week where he misread or thought a play was going to go in a different direction than it did, and Timmy was on him immediately. Braden walked straight to him, and he's like, you know, showing him this is supposed to be the route you got to be looking at here. Because with the run and shoot, you, it's completely different mm-hmm. when you're as from the quarterback. Not only for the wide receivers, because yeah, the wide receivers also have to make their reads for their routes. But as a quarterback, normally you're looking at the safeties. But when you're playing run and shoot, you're looking at the corners. So it's totally different. It could be the reason why you're saying, "Why is he staring down one guy?" Because he has a couple of routes to make. <laughs> like I think. The easiest way to look at it, a couple of years ago with Cole McDonald. If you watched Cole McDonald, you could watch him stare down a guy for five seconds yeah. and still make a like a touchdown off of a short hitch. Because <laughs> yeah. with the receiver, he's looking at his first read, then the receiver has to make that decision, okay, what am I doing here? So I think the stare down is not going to be so aggressively like criticized as a lot of people are going to criticize it, I think it's just going to be how the progression of that play is. I'm really excited to see this offense. If we keep moving forward with the offense in this direction, I'm really excited. I think Jordan Murray is now basically moved back to wide receiver like he was at Missouri State. I think Timmy said that last night at Call the Coach on ESPN Honolulu. Um, I am want to see Diedrich pop off again Thailand had a great game I think there is a lot I'm excited to see how about you no yeah for sure I mean what happened on Saturday it showed a lot of progress I think between for this university for this University of Hawaii team and we got to see a lot of players who you know probably didn't really get that much playing time I mean we talked about Pane Pavi'i Isaiah Tufanga but there was guys like Peter Manuma who had like a Made his first career start. Had a career high like ten tackles. I think that was also a team high as well. And um, you know, I think everything's starting to get together for this UH team. And I think they're they're starting to get a little more healthy. We saw Zion Bowens come back um, last week against San Diego State. I, I think we're going to see more of Leonard Lee and um, hopefully Matangi Thompson. Who knows? I mean, they should probably be available, but um, it's just a matter of whether it's going to be between. Uh, it's probably going to be Mecky and. Probably Leonard Lee at, right. at safeties. And and yeah. the thing, talk about depth. I don't think we mentioned this yet, but with the return of Kuali Nishigaya, yeah. he's seeing a lot more playing time. We've seen on the two deep that Tamatoa Mokiawa Timalala, who had the first catch last week. By the way, shout out to CBS Sports Network for somehow getting Mokiawa Timalala correct, but taking a while to get Nishigaya. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that, but... On that they, they note, weren't ready. <laughs> right. On that note, we do have to mention that we did see that James Phillips, according to his own Instagram, that he is, quote, out. <laughs> so we'll probably be seeing him on the transfer portal. Uh, you know, he's a great athlete. I really liked his route running in the offseason. He has great speed. He's a little smaller. He does have the issues here and there catching the ball from time to time. But... You know, as a running back, a guy out of the backfield to catch the ball, I think he'll find a home. Oh somewhere. yeah, for sure. I'm. I love James, and I, you know, hopefully he, you know, finds a home somewhere. 
Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I, I don't really know what his eligibility situation is. He's, he's right. listed as a senior on the depth chart, so... Probably have a fun grad pro- transfer. Pro- he probably has a COVID year, right? Yeah, or... everyone has a COVID year. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on when you want to use it. That's true. I mean, I didn't I didn't realize that um, Isaiah Tufanga has another year after this. Really? Yeah. He's got the COVID year. It's like finding out, oh, yeah, that's right. Solo Vipulu also has a year technically <laughs> if he doesn't play in another game. If he doesn't play in, like, what, three more games, then, he sh- then we'll have him next year. So it's like we have a lot of seniors on this team. And they were seniors last year, and they were also seniors the year before that. But we'll probably see them as seniors next year, some of them. But <laughs> it'll be fun to see, like, who's who's actually finally graduating. And I think, you know, off of that, just a so quick, because I do want to cover other sports, because I think there's a lot of really exciting stuff going on right now on lower campus. But before we cut off there, what's your prediction for this weekend? I think it's, it's it should be close. I feel. I mean, these teams are like brand new. I think Nevada was one of those was probably the one team that had more turnover on the roster I think than they Hawaii. Had Fifty-seven incoming players, something like that. It was kind of weird. Did you did you see that um that graphic from the Colorado State Nevada game? It was like the fifty-three transfers for Colorado State. It was like, oh, we should just put the fifty-three against our fifty-three, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> they they just asked CBS Sports for the graphic because it's already the same color scheme with Colorado State. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going back to it, I mean, I think it should be close. I think Nevada was listed as a six-point favorite by Bleacher Report or something. Right. Um, and then the it was o- on ESPN. The over the, the over under was like forty-nine and a half, and I like it could happen. I probably think it's just going to be like a. I would think Hawaii could pull it out, so I would think I'll go with them. Probably like a really ugly score, like a twenty-three to twenty or something. Mm-hmm. See, I'm going to go on the same lines of you. I think it's going to be a close, ugly game. And with that, I think I have to give it a close, ugly score as well. I'm going to go with, I don't know how this would work. I'm going to go with like a... Like a 26 to yeah, 22. Yeah, I'm going to go with a 26 to 24 game. I think it's going to be fun. Fun fact, by the way, both Braden Shager and Nate Cox have the same number of touchdowns. Really? So take of that as you will. Uh, for this team going in, I think you. I think we just got to play it like how we did against San Diego State, force them to pass the ball, because I know who Toa Tao is, I know who Devonte Lee is, with all due respect. Sorry, Tyrese Mack. Sorry, Jamal Bell. I don't know who you are. At least with San Diego State, I know who Tyrell Shavers were. I know who Jesse Matthews were. <laughs> so if we had to force them to pass the ball, I was like, okay, at least they have Jalen Maiden. If we can stop Toa Tawa and Devontae Lee, I feel confident that we can win this game. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fair. But I think we have to also think about, you know, this offense has to keep their momentum from. Yeah, I've, I feel good about our offense. We're good. If the passing game starts to struggle, I feel good that we can lean on our four running backs. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. I feel good about them. Like we don't see, we didn't see Najee Bryant last week. We didn't see, we haven't seen Jordan Johnson in a long time. But I love Tylen Hines and Dedrick Parson. And when we do get to see him, Najee Bryant, Lelay, that's these are guys that we can lean on when we need them most. And with Braden. It was a different Braden Shager the last two weeks that I saw in the beginning, and I feel very good about the progression of this team right now. It's a different situation this way because Braden was fighting basically for the job, yeah, and now he's got it. So yeah, it, totally different mindset. So just don't throw four interceptions like last year, <laughs> yeah. and we should be all set to go. I think. Um, any last thoughts about Hawaii football? Um, I think just obviously don't turn over the. Just don't turn the ball over. I mean, right. that's probably going to be the main thing. I mean, you, you said it before, what, four interceptions against Nevada last year for Braden, and that that really can't happen. Yeah. Four interceptions is probably how you end up in, like, a 45-10 to 10 shellacking. Exactly. I mean, uh, you, you you can take your score from this season if you want, take if you want you know, a lot of takeaways. Then you could pick one of the uh, four other losses that we've had other than the San Diego State loss. I don't even think it was – the New Mexico State one wasn't, like, a lot of turnovers. It, was just, they couldn't, it wasn't a lot of turnovers. They just couldn't stop it them. It just – the offense wasn't able to get going, yeah. and the run was bad. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel good that we get our first conference win. And, by the way, I do want to say 
we're still not last in the Mountain West West somehow, alleged accordingly to this graphic, the Mountain West standings according to the Nevada Game Notes. Shout out to the Nevada Game Notes for uh, keeping Hawaii fourth in the Mountain West West, even though we're kind of in a three-way tie. Although it doesn't even make sense why we would be the third best of the three ties when we have the worst winning percentage. They, they just hate Fresno State as much as Hawaii does. Well, I mean, they, they hate themselves first because they put themselves <laughs> as last. Then they put Fresno State. I just want to last thought on football. What I understand that there's no Jake Hayner, but this team cannot just be Jake Hayner, right? No. So the fact that Jeff Tedford is now on eighth game, eighth FBS game in a row a loss for him going all the way back from 2019 to now. That's something I think we can focus on, especially because we are expecting Fresno state in about a month from now, because we have Nevada this week, Colorado state, uh, Wyoming, then Fresno state as our second to last away game. So I think Jake Hayner will be back by then, but honestly, Hawaii's record against Jake Hayner is pretty good. Uh, but you, you don't think Jake Hayner will be like, a, I took this person, like the Michael Jordan, I took this personally? Because the dude hates Hawaii. Let's, let's, let's Good for him. I, wanna, I want some more reasons for him to hate Hawaii. <laughs> but I think with that, we can move on to a couple of other sports that have been going on uh, last weekend. Are you surprised? Wahine Volleyball uh, swept again, basically. They got two wins and another pair of wins in their homestand. Um, are you surprised Kalen Alexander won Freshman Player of the Week again? No, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was kind of surprised that, um, I think it was Saturday, right? Yeah. They, they, they got pushed hard by UC San Diego. It was, it was a four-set win, but yeah. it was, I think it was 27-25 that first set and then 30-28 to 28 in the second, second set. And they were both and they were both down in that one. I think they were yeah. facing... What set points for both of those? They lost the third set, and it was just... It's, it's good to see this team rally back from yeah. this, because you, you, I think Riley... But went, I think you also look at that game, and you do see the loss of Taylor Ikenaga. Yeah. Right before, like, right before the game started, yeah. she went down with an ankle, I believe. I believe it was it was a or left like, ankle. Something like that. It, it was like one of those... like. A, but it's not something that you can look at and be like, okay, it's a good thing we planned for this earlier in the week. Because <laughs> she is, she is our, she is, you know, probably our best defensive player. She gets all the digs and the assists, you know. But so, but I think we saw a good step up from uh, Talia Edmonds from Michigan State. I, you know, I think this team is gonna now with a week under them without Ikenaga. Maybe we see her back. I don't know because, like we know, for college sports, they hate telling you about things. Um, <laughs> Is that just college? Well, that's true. I but think I think that's college. I think sports. that's like an added level almost because Robin is Robin's very secretive. She's not gonna she's gonna play her, like the cards close to her chest, right? So it it maybe Taylor does travel, but she doesn't play. I mean, we don't know. It's just one of those things where you you got to take care of your players. And yeah, it's not like they were bad. I mean, like Talia Edmonds had what like twenty eight digs. That was a career yeah. high at both either here or Michigan State. Right. And I think Robin was like. It's, she could obviously play libero. I mean, the, the only thing that was different was that she knew she had to come in for every single rotation yeah. instead of just back row right. substitute in. And, um, you know, Kendra Ham's done really good. And she's probably another player who can do six rotations, but she's more of like your like second-string defensive specialist or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. But I think it's been very exciting for this Rambo Wahine team. I mean, we saw also Offensive Player of the Week award go to Riley Wagner. Another, um, it's not like a... Oh, she gets it every week. But it's like if there's a player that's on the team that to get offensive player of the week, you know, recognition every week, it would be Riley Wagner because she is basically the um she's she gets a lot of attempts to say the least. She's had a couple of weeks. I think it was during the um during the off conference schedule where she did unfortunately hit negative sometimes, but I with the um Really great performances she had this weekend. She, she she's obviously off. very well yeah. deserved. I mean, she had a what, career career high twenty five kills or something um, against UC San Diego, and she she's really stepped it up after that USC game where she hit like, well, I don't know, it was like thirteen errors or something, right? And um, it was it was 
totally different Riley after that um that first USC match. I think I don't know what the numbers are. Somebody can look it up if they have the fair, <laughs> the spare time to do it. But <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, she stepped up. She has to. She's the floor captain, yeah. right? So she's one of your leaders. And I, I think that was never really in question about, like, she could just, in Robin's terms, she's a baller, I guess. Right. And then I just see this list that you pulled up from it. The Wahine Volleyball Players of the Week. And something to that, I was like looking through it just for fun right now. You know, you do see Amber Iagidi at 12th. But part of me is just like, I wonder if just Kaylin Alexander just pushes through with only Freshman of the Week awards at this point. You would be surprised because I didn't realize, I went through this. I looked back to see like how many, what's the most player of the week somebody has. Nikki Taylor has like 11, which is. She can do it. Yeah. I don't no. think there's eleven. Okay, weeks okay, so play though. <laughs> I, I, I left it out. So Kaylin Alexander, four freshmen of the weeks already. Right. Hannah Helvig had five. So she's about to pass that up. Probably pass that up. And you know, I'm looking at this, and it's like Hannah Helvig didn't. All she did was win freshman of the year or freshman of the week awards. Right. It's not like she had a, which was kind of surprising. Well, but unfortunately, you know, because of was that because of COVID that she couldn't come over to play? No, I think she just stepped away from from playing collegiately after due to COVID. But it yeah. was just one of those things where it's like. Like, she could have been something special, but, you know, they have very players that they find special as well. You mean, you talk about Riley Wagner. We talk about Kaylin Alexander. Um, you know, I mean, we, we see – I think we see more playing time from – we would we see more playing time from, like, people like – that, players like them than we probably would have if she stayed. Right. But it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, that's a cool stat, I guess. Yeah. So, going into this weekend, we are going – Against, I do know the second game is Cal Poly, and we do start against uh, U Sub or C Sub <laughs> C Sub. I, I just Cal say, State U Bakersfield. Yeah, I people say CSU Bakersfield or whatever, but it's. Like, I think it's more funny to call them C Sub. C Sub, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I'm, I think personally, just because I want to be outrageous and, and a homer, why not six zero for this weekend just for fun? Ooh, you're gonna make that. Well, where are they? I think they're six zero right now, so it's probably. Yeah, I, I can't. Remember. I mean, three zero three zero, like three zero. Oh, yeah. okay. I see. So I feel good about this. I mean, right now our RPI is at thirty seven. We went from forty one to thirty seven. I mean, I feel confident about this team. I think we can, you know, run through the Big West once again, and I, you know, yeah, that's how I feel about this weekend. I think they. Uh... You know, you can't obviously can't sleep on Cal State Bakersfield because it's. It, I am right now. You am right now, but you can't. But you have to watch <laughs> out for Cal Poly because I believe what's her name Maya Dvorak, right? She is probably one of their probably their best player. Right. I think when you talk to pretty much anybody, she's really good. I was talking to Diego, our or what is what is he our social media coordinator or something? Our our goat. Our goat, yeah. Our local goat. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, she is probably their best player, right? I mean, look, like, what? She. You say look. I just see a lot of numbers in there. Yeah, a lot of numbers. <laughs> it's but... like, where is everyone in this? So, NCAA, make your website a lot better to see, please. Okay, so basically, Maya Dvorak is the third third in the conference in points per set with 4.19. Amber IGD has leads the conference with, like, 4.4. Yeah, I was going to say yawn. Yeah, yeah, not even first. <laughs> but she is probably <laughs> she is probably their best player with um, probably Tommy Stockham. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely something to not overlook. And I think not Cal, to not to be yawn at them. Yeah, Cal, no and I believe Cal Poly is number two in the standings, right behind right. Hawaii. So that's right. a that's a yeah very 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 interesting game. Yeah, it'll definitely make our mm-hmm. RPI look a lot better when we three of them. Oh, you're you're gonna you're very <laughs> bold today, Tanner. <laughs> I'm confident. I'm feeling good off of that moral victory. <laughs> People say you don't believe in moral victories. Well, too bad. I'm too positive to disregard moral <laughs> victories. Um, speaking of uh, victories, we only do see victory for the Rainbow Wahine soccer team as they do get the win um, last th- – was this last Thursday? I believe yeah, it was last Thursday because I was trying to watch that CSUN game. Oh, my gosh. Because I did not want to watch the Thursday night football game. Little did I know that that was probably going to be one of the <laughs> worst broadcasts I've ever attempted to watch on ESPN+. Plus. I will say, shout out to, to some of the CSUN guys out there. I can't remember their names off the top of my head. 
They are great play-by-play guys for CSUN. Uh, the play-by-play was not the play-by-play issue. Play-by-play is not the issue, whether it be f- – and I will say for all their programs, I like their uh, men's basketball guy. I can't remember his name off the top <laughs> of my head. He's awesome. Oh, my God, the camera work was terrible. It, it wasn't even just, like, the, the one that, like, midfield. It was, like – because when I was, like – I got the text from Tanner. I'm on my way back to my car to, to go home, and I was, like – Dude, this broadcast is bad. I was like, is it really? And it's like, and then I get home. It's as if the guy forgot to like un like to loosen his tripod as he's trying to pan over. <laughs> and the exact same time, he had no idea where the ball was. Yeah. Like he kept filming a group of people and the ball is off screen. And it's like, dude, you got you got one job. Follow the one thing you could possibly see in this blurry ass mess it must have been like a cell phone camera too I, but it was bad because not only felt that like someone was recording through their iphone 4 <laughs> <laughs> it was bad because not only that he missed krista peterson's goal which was the only goal of the match and like i was looking through it i was like you can't even see where where the ball went and it like even when you went to the secondary shot all you see is the goalie just trying to stop it and then it just goes rolls through and it's like okay I mean... They got the win. That's a fun three points to get. Unfortunately, it was close for the first half of the game against... um, UC San Diego. UC San Diego, where it was uh, 0-0. Hawaii would eventually get the lead 1-0, and in the last 21 minutes, they basically allow three goals. So it's definitely tough to see, especially for a team that's been very good defensively against this conference. So... I think, you know, you had a, a couple talks with the uh, soccer team, right? Yeah, so it was, it was we, I think it was yesterday, um, we talked to Coach Bud about, um, you know, that was obviously a hard one for them to swallow, right. I mean, but it, it was a big moment, I guess, for um, Fabiola Zamora, because she, she, she had the goal, and then um, she, she was excited, first off, everybody was very happy for her, she's coming back from, a, I believe, ACL injury right. last year, this year, you know, first career goal, and it was funny, because um, Bud was telling us this story about how she was actually not in the technical area. <laughs> so she was, she was, so she went to the bathroom because there was an injury before that. Right. So she's like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom, take it, go there. And then yeah. during play, she's walking back. And then all of a sudden she sees Kelsey Samina throw, kick a really good cross to Fabiola Zamora, who somehow did like a, I don't know what it was. She kicked it in, went off the crossbar, bounced down and in and you can see you can see it in the cameras too if you go to the replays you can see um coach bud just like waving her arm and it was like that's it that's it and she was like oh yeah i'm not supposed to be here <laughs> so it, it, she was just like yeah and she was she was happy for um fabiola because right. you know that that's it's a, a great story yeah it's a great story i mean she she talked about how <laughs> she she basically was like you know giving like snack bags for last year before they were off to travel and it was just one of those things where it's like like she really cares about these players and you know it's you see it or um with the players too they care about each other that's why right and so hopefully uh there's a good turnaround for the wahine soccer team as they do have only one game but it does start the three game homestand for the rainbow wahine so on sunday that's right we are not talking about a game in the middle of of recording this episode whether or not you'll be able to know if the game was today or not (laughs) but on sunday they will be facing cal state bakersfield at ypo soccer complex so if you don't have anything to do that sunday go ahead check them out it is as always free of admission and a great place to watch good collegiate soccer especially come down support the rainbow wahine soccer team or i guess go up if you're listening to this from manoa or do you say go there Go there because I used to say come down if you're talking about lower campus. Yeah, travel to YPO. <laughs> Traverse. <laughs> Traverse. <laughs> well, drive. I mean, drive into drive there. Drive to Waipahu technically <laughs> for the YPO soccer complex. Yeah. But we won't get into there. A couple another quick shout outs for uh, uh, Rainbow Warrior Athletics. We did talk about Andre Illigan last week making it uh, a couple of rounds into those individuals. He did lose, but it was a hard-fought a hard fought battle in that, uh, I believe that was, a, it wasn't semis yet, or was it pre-semis? 
Uh, what do you call it? It's just like a round of 16 or yeah, something, Yeah, round right? of 16. Yeah, in the round of 16 So in Tulsa. So I'm fortunate to see the loss from Andre, but hey, you know, sometimes you got to look human. And, you know, Illigan, you know, does have to prove to us that he is human sometimes. <laughs> so shout out to him. Another, no, he, no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> another quick shout out to the uh, men's golf team who last year – did I believe finish last in the Big West? Did they? I think so because I remember I was going over the Commissioner's Cup for the Big West, and I was like, "Ah, oh, men's well, if, golf." If only. What what what's up, men's golf? But they do finish the uh, Bill Cullum invite in fourth, and they do have three. We do got three golfers that do finish in the top twenty with Atsuya Oishi, Blaze Akana, and Tyler Ogawa. All three of them finishing in the top 20 highest is Atsuya Oishi with tied at 8th place. So shout out to the Hawaii men's golf team for that. Um, do you have any shout outs? Um, not from golf. I mean, there are a couple names. That if you want a shout out from golf, I will. Shout out to Remington Hirano, my classmate from Punahou, class of 2018. So yeah, definitely shout out for him. <laughs> I keep remembering because I, I went to cover the Manila Cup a little bit through, right. during the summer. And I swear I can't remember. I think we covered one. I um, I was shadowing star advertisers Jason Conishiro, and right. it was. I can't remember if we were shadowing Remington's match or something because he was down like five holes, and he somehow managed to come back on like seventeenth. Is that point of how difference? Yeah, he he almost won, but um, you know, I think a Maryland guy beat him out for that. Maryland, you hate to see it. And finally. Men's basketball did have their media days yesterday, and men's baseball will have their media days today. So just a couple of quick notes from men's basketball media days. Do you have any? Um, well, I heard, I heard that um, they started about an hour late because I'm not going to say who it was, but um, there was a player that showed up really late, so they couldn't take the team photo. <laughs> so they ended up starting about, I think, 50 minutes after it. But, um, I mean... You, you guys had a guy out there, right? Josh Pacheco yeah. was down Shout there. Shout out Josh Pacheco. And he was down there. He had a lot of really great talks with grad assistant Jerome DeRosier. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say certain things, so I'm not going to. I heard, gonna... is he joining your pregame or whatever? Am I? I don't know. Maybe. I heard, no, I think he said something about that. He's Josh, Josh <laughs> said something. Because that's why I know this. Because maybe. Who Josh, knows? Josh said it on when they had the video on Twitter or something. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> maybe you check out ESPN Honolulu's Twitter page and see for yourself. Who knows, you know? Because, okay, because obviously Tanner did not tell me this. So I'm assuming that it was on Twitter because that's how I know that it's probably Jerome DeRosier is joining the radio broadcast or crew or whatever i don't know what it is yeah so for the uh, pregame show, yeah <laughs> he will be joining gary dickman in the hour before every game day or at least for home stands and because Derek love will have a new job still with us but i think people will get to hear a lot about that very soon but i think that's a lot of really cool stuff co-captains being named we had kamaka hepa and samuta avea who are both in their final years because even though you will think, oh, wasn't Komaka Hepa only here for a year? Well, he did say back when we covered the North Shore Invitational, this is his last year with the Rainbow Warrior program. So it is kind of feeling like a boober bust year for Rangana. I think there's a lot of things to be excited about. I can't remember if we've covered this or not. No, we have. We definitely have. I remember you saying stuff about how this is a. They have. It's almost like they got to win the Big West. I think they really do. And I am excited. I think if there's one guy that I'm excited to watch, I want to see Noel Coleman again. I want to see that Noel Coleman who was in the lead for Big West Player of the Year when he was like. 20 point like 20. he's dropping like 30 a game <laughs> so i do want to see that a lot you got a player that you're uh wanting to focus on um not not more because of like the star potential but i, I kind of want to see what juan munoz does it's just right. a matter of like i thought you were gonna say more sec for more sec because you uh, said more <laughs> i was like oh, i mean wow. there are a couple players i mean more sec is a good one i mean i just kind of want to see how these new players turn yeah. out i mean you, you like you said more sec um harry ruliadef um ryan rap um trying to remember i think was it cody williams was that another name or am i just picking that up i think that's his name that is his name yeah 
And but I I, I kind of want to see and what Justice Jackson, Justice Jackson gets his nameplate. <laughs> we love to see that. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, yeah, I just want I just want to see what Juan Munoz can do right. because everybody has been talking about how he's probably one of their best three point shooters, probably in like, well, not just from the players, from like other UH staff that I've heard from. I mean, it's it's just I want to see what he can do. He's probably going to be like your bench fixture or whatever. But that's like, sorry, three point shooting is. Great, always great to have off your yeah. bench, I think. And then, like we mentioned, men's baseball. <laughs> like, there's another baseball. The baseball <laughs> program, they're starting fall camp, so uh, they'll be having a fall camp like media day today. And I think the biggest news to come out of there, um, there is they are wearing official Hawaii Adidas shirts with the Kelly greens and the orange. So I think that's a great sign. Hopefully we'll start to see some uniforms start to leak out in the next coming months for a couple of these programs that are finally going to be starting out their uh, Adidas uh, uniforms. I do got a question, though, because we saw the photos. Um, Under Armour hat, though, that was the thing. It's a good hat. It's a good hat. I got one. I mean... You can't get away from that hat. It's a good... No, no matter, I'm not... No matter how much Bo Graham, you know, kind of ruined the hat for some people, you know, there's... Don't I, you I dare do have say a, that name. I have a funny story. So Chris Hart, you know, from ESPN Honolulu, he was yeah. talking about... He went to uh, one of the games last week at the for Rainbow Wahine, and they went down to the team store, you know, just looking for some shirts. And this guy was, you know, put the hat on, and he was like, oh, you know, like, this is nice. and Or it was like a little tight or something. I can't remember what the, he was saying to Chris, but Chris said, oh, you know, that's the hat that Bo Graham always wore. And the guy <laughs> said, oh, and then put the hat back. <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully, you know, we start, you say to, that, but we start to get away from recognizing that as the hat that Bo Graham always wore. You got to say it's the hat that Jacob Yoro and Josh Brown wear. Always. Yes. That is the only Go hat. with that now. I like that. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it's funny. No, I'm not complaining about the design. I love that hat. It's a great design. It's a, I love that hat. It's unfortunate it, who's worn it is what <laughs> we're complaining about. It, the, the story behind it is too, it's kind of sad because it, what, what did Petrol's Papa Doc see? He's like, oh yeah, he got it from the bookstore. I was like. <laughs> but uh, yeah baseball does start up um it'd be kind of interesting to see what they do i've heard i don't know if it's official or not but i the rumor is that they have si- signed somebody for a starting pitcher role which mm. they very much need now that kate holly mono lee pontes and right. andy archer are no longer right on the team and honestly we'll see how it turns out i mean they've got a pretty i don't know what the roster size looks like is his name I was about to do a funny joke where you uh, mix up the first and last name of someone, but Clayton Kershaw does not work in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, I'm very excited. There's a lot of really great guys that I'm excited to see once again. I think one guy who I'm excited to, Oh, man, now I'm forgetting his name. He was the DH, and he started doing very well by the back end. I think he was... Um, was it Bronson Sam's, Rivera? Yeah, I was I was gonna say it was Sam's cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way I can remember. Yeah, yeah, him, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but I remember he started picking up by the back end of the year, and he yeah. started becoming a really great hitter for the team. So I think that's one guy who I have my eye on for the rest of the season, just to see if he can keep on progressing. Especially because we do lose a lot of guys. Not only you know at the pitcher, we also see Cole Cabrera, Scotty Scott, Scotty Scott, fan favorite now now turned prospect league head coach <laughs> they did bring back matt wong though that's yeah. he said he was coming back for that's this big. year so that's big yeah. um i mean and then we have our entire infield who right. are who it, are very great hitters it's it's weird too because it not only that they're fast too because you yeah. got aaron hujimori jordan donahue's like freaky fast yeah and then there's um the other donahue kaisen <laughs> kaisen donahue's been lighting it up in like some prospect league yeah. i remember i think it was in the summer he had a bunch of really great, like, multi-home run games. So I think that'll be a guy that we're going to be focused on, maybe see some Big West Offensive Player of the Dude, Week. It was kind of weird, though, because he was playing, like, every possible position because he was a shortstop by trade, second and third, played first, went to left field or something. Right. And I was like, man, is this, this is just another YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be pretty good because I think um, – Probably Jacob Igala coming back first yeah. baseman. He was really good yeah. defensively. Stoned me out. We can't forget about Hopefully him. Hopefully we fix a couple of the uh, bumps in the field <laughs> for Jacob's sake. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if he can lose any more. Lose, lose any more teeth. Yeah. 
We got to get an NIL for him. He had to have gotten an NIL from a dentist. From a dentist? Come on. Come on, dentist. I don't know if you can. Come on, dentists around here. Can we not get an NIL to for Jacob, at least? Maybe he can get one for, like, Polydent or something. <laughs> All right. Well, as we start to, you know, wind down this podcast here, we are both representatives of the student media poll. We do oh, yes. vote weekly for college football nationally. If you had a team to – if you're picking right now, I'm aware it's the middle of the season and anything can happen every given Saturday. Who you got for national championship, straight up, if you had to pick one? Ooh, um, I think Georgia probably could repeat, I think. Mm. I, it's, it's, I don't know what their rest of their schedule looks like, but assuming they win out, make it to the SEC championship, they probably still have a chance to – I mean, the top three are probably set, right? Cause right. It's, um, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, but really, there's no question about. There's no. There's still a question mark of who that four that seed would, number four that team number fourteen is. would be, right? Because every time right. I vote during the week, it's like I know personally. I think I've had Tennessee locked in there. You've had Tennessee uh, until we see this week. I personally think this is if I had to go out on a limb for an upset. If you think- Bryce Young for Alabama is not on the field, I think Tennessee wins. Really? Personally. You're going to make that? I'm going to make that claim. But if Bryce Young plays, I think it's, it's going to be a close win for Alabama. But that, if I had to pick my natty, I think I'm going to go with Ohio State. That's a good one, too. I'm, I'm a big C.J. Stroud guy. I love the draft process as well. For me, C.J. Stroud is QB1. And, you know, with all of his weapons, it's not even just Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh is low-key yes. the best wide receiver yeah. on that team. So, if... Jackson Smith and Jigba is a top 15 pick, which I think he will be comfortably. I think Marvin Harrison has to be a top 10 pick. Oh, for sure. He could hey, maybe push hey, top Colts five. Colts need a receiver, right? <laughs> and they're doing pretty bad. So maybe oh next year's they, draft. They need everything. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other episode, For a totally man. different podcast. I know. But um, for this podcast, I think we're pretty much through. Like we said Wait, oh, you got something? I just want to say one. I just want to check if this is okay with you because I heard, I, I'm, let me sure I get this right. Saturday, you're turning how old? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. This Saturday is my birthday. I will be turning 23. Are you doing anything to celebrate or you have to work? I have to work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but on Sunday, I will be going out with my family, a couple of friends. Oh, as that's well. awesome. Uh, out in this place in Kapolei called DB Grill. It's one of my oh. favorite places to yeah. go. They have a really cool happy hour. This is like inadvertently a commercial for DB Grill, <laughs> but it's in Kapolei, so make that decision as you will. They have this amazing happy hour where it's like $10 soju carafes. And me and my friend went there, and we destroyed one, and it's it was so good. Like, I love DB Grill. They got awesome grinds, great drinks, and yeah, it is in Kapolei, but that's convenient for me because I live in Eva Beach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the next time I'm out there, maybe I'll go check it out. <laughs> next then. time you're out there. This <laughs> is sometime. <laughs> sometime. Um, hopefully, they don't close in the next five years or anything. Yeah, hopefully but... <laughs> not. They, I mean, they're doing well. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but yeah, um... 23, and, you know, a great birthday present. Would be a win from the Hoi Football team. Oh, yeah. No pressure, Timmy. It's only my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you can't do anything worse because I think for my birthday, my birthday was the week of Vanderbilt. So. <laughs> but, I mean, happy birthday to you. I mean, appreciate it. You know, I mean, 23 is a, probably a big. It's not like one of those big. It's not a big years. thing. It's just, it's it's just, just one of those things. It's mark. another year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the God bless me with another year. <laughs> When you turn 25 and can rent a car, I'd be like... Yeah, the 26. Yeah. Is it 26? It's 26 because... Okay. What? I know we're going off a great tangent here. It's because 26 is the year where you have to be off of your family insurance plan. And so... Because right now, I don't have a family insurance plan, so I could rent a car. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's the thing. Because they want to make sure that the person who's renting it has insurance. And if you have the family insurance, then I don't know if it covers that or something like that. And off of that amazing tangent, Hawaii this weekend, 6.30, 6 o'clock or 6.30? I think 6 it's 6.00. Just show up early anyway. Show up at around 6 o'clock. White out. Make sure to wear all white. Rainbow Wahine, that will probably be on ESPN Plus to watch both tomorrow night and on Saturday. Do you know what station Tiff's calling it on? Oh, or? I of course. You can also listen to it on the radio for free if you don't have ESPN Plus. On ESPN Honolulu, that is 1420 AM 
in 92.7 FM on Friday. Then on Saturday, we're going to be having it on CBS 1500. That is on AM. But you can also look up both of those. They are streaming as well. And Rainbow Wahine, that will probably be on Spectrum on Sunday. Or free admission at the YPO Soccer Complex. I believe it is because it's a Sunday. It's not a TV game. Oh. So you got to go out there, guys. Got to go. You have to go. And maybe after the game, you go to DB Girl and Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my with, gosh. With, that yeah. am, with that amazing segue, with that amazing. Uh, There's a great talk today. And hopefully by the time we get back here next week, before the Colorado State game, we'll be having a nice win in that Mountain West record. So from me, Tanner Hayworth, from Reese Nagaoka, from the Kaleo Sports Desk. This is the Green and Black Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and have an amazing day.